0: Today, on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida.
1: Hezekiah shared with his leaders what God said. The leaders shared with the people, and everybody was in union. That's the way a church is supposed to work. It's working here. God's good. We're in unison. We're, we're headed to the same thing. You don't have your goal, and you don't have your goal, and you don't have your goal. We have God's goal. When disciples send, and we're headed together, and that's the blessing of God on our fellowship. And that's why, because we're trying to do what God has told us to do. Man is not important.
0: When you've been a believer for a while, you may forget that people who are newly saved have a lot to figure out. They may be confused by things that a seasoned churchgoer might not. But as long as they're not in opposition to the word, it really doesn't matter. The Lord is looking at the heart. His delight is in the amazing work being done there. When King Hezekiah invited all of Israel and Judah to come to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, many of the people didn't know what to do. But they will come with humble hearts, desiring to worship and know God. The Lord hasn't changed. He's still interested in our hearts and wants to bring joy to our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 30, verse 10, for our continuing study entitled, Be Flexible But Don't Compromise.
1: Let's keep praying for opportunities to invite people to return to the Lord. Let's remind them of the character of God. Now, back to verse 10, 2 Chronicles. So this was the letter. The couriers went from town to town in Ephraim and Manasseh, as far as Zebulun. Well, here's the response to this letter. But the people did what? Scorned and ridiculed them. How would you like to be been the letter carrier? Feel good? You walk up to somebody and you say to them, Hey, it's been a long while since we've done the Passover. Come on to the Passover. And you just you speak like you would write it to Jack. Come on. God's gracious. He's long-suffering. Come on back. And what does Jack say? Get out of here. God who... Not the God that I know of. Look at our people. They're taken off into captivity. We don't have any altars. we got our own pagan altars. They have done us just fine. I don't believe in this God you're talking about. Forget it. Is that familiar to any of us? Do we have any response from people like that? Sure. Whenever we present the gospel, there is always going to be a mixed message, response. It's always going to be a mixed response. So you can't get discouraged, even though it isn't enjoyable. You can't get fussing about it. You just have to realize, just like we read in the story, there's always going to be that response sometimes to the Word of God. Some people will laugh at you. Some will make fun. Some will be kind. I've had many people say, oh, oh yeah, I'll be there Sunday. And you know when you leave, they ain't coming. But they don't want to offend you. You really, I'd rather have somebody say to me, not coming. That's right. So, notice, this is going to happen to us when we share. Some people will scorn salvation, sin, hell, give me a break. There's no such thing. Or, some people genuinely have been said by Satan, it's too late. They don't believe that God's gracious. They won't understand that. So, what are you going to do at that time? Well, I believe there's two things to do. One, if we're rebuffed from sharing with a friend or a coworker, or neighbor, relative, often it's a relative, really tough with relatives. If we're rebuffed, I believe the scripture tells us to do two things. Number one, we should go back to praying for another open door. Now remember, you and I can't open the door. So you pray for another time that you can share that. And you wait for God to do it. The second thing I would say is this if you shared a number of times with this individual, and always been rebuffed, I believe that the scripture, and let me read it to you, and you have to use discernment with this. You can't just put a number to it. In Matthew 7, 6, it says this, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and then turn and tear you to pieces. So what I believe is this. There are times... Maybe you've had a person you've shared with numbers of times. I wouldn't put a figure to it. I can't tell you that, but God can. There could be a point when you just have to leave it alone. You can always pray, but you just leave it alone. See, Jesus said when he sent his disciples out the first time, you remember, when he sent them out, he said, If a home or a city will not accept you, what are you to do? Take the dust off your feet and move on. Why? Because the fields are white unto harvest. There are other people that will listen. Now, you don't, again... Say to your friend, well, I'm shaking the dust off my feet. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Notice what they say? They'll trample you and kill you to death? That's exactly what happened to you. And you have to come and be prayed for or whatever. was too late. Don't be stupid with it. Just leave and basically you don't even have to say anything to them. You just go back to prayer. But you don't use your valuable time. Remember the scripture says in Ephesians, redeem the time. Redeem it. Because the days we live in, Are evil, So you have to do that. So in this particular case, they're scorned. They're ridiculed. But I like the next verse, verse 11. Nevertheless, some men of Asher, Manasseh and Zebulun, humbled themselves. That's what it's going to take. If you're here tonight and you're away from God or you've never been a Christian, you must humble yourself to come to God. You can't come to God in your terms. You always have to come to God. On his terms. They humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. What does that mean? There's always going to be some, as we share the gospel, that will accept the good news. That's what keeps us encouraged. That's what keeps us going. Yes, a lot of people do rebuff us. But some will do that. So keep sharing. Don't give up hope. As we share, we pray. Remember, God is the one that changes the heart. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts and convinces. We don't. Don't begin to think you're God. We leave the results to God. Verse 12. Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind. This is a great verse. To give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. This is a picture of the book of Acts. It's a picture of the importance of unity again. All the people in Judah... We're now working together for a common cause. They were coming together. Notice what they were doing. They were to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered. Hezekiah, follow this. Hezekiah had heard from God. Hezekiah shared with his leaders what God said. The leaders shared with the people and everybody was in union. That's the way a church is supposed to work. It's working here. God's good. God's good. We're in unison. We're, we're headed to the same thing. You don't have your goal, and you don't have your goal, and you don't have your goal. We have God's goal. When disciples sin, and we're headed together, and that's the blessing of God on our fellowship. And that's why, because we're trying to do what God has told us to do. Man is not important, but God is, and we need to be unified together, and you guys are. Thanks so much. Verse 13, now a very large crowd of people assemble in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the unleavened bread in the second month. Remember, uh, Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread had to do somewhat with purification. You had to get rid of all the leaven, which equaled sin. They'd go through the house, you remember, and get rid of all that. So what are these people going to do? Well, look in verse 14. They removed the altars in Jerusalem and cleared away the incense altars. All these were pagan and threw them in the Kidron Valley. So all these sinful altars that King had, Ahaz had, had set up all over the place, they just removed them. They were cleaning the outside. In a moment, you'll see they're going to clean the inside. So they're getting rid of all the stuff that would interfere with honoring the real Passover. Verse 15. Now these people slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. The priests... This is an interesting picture. The priests and the Levites were ashamed and consecrated themselves and brought burn offerings to the temple of the Lord. What happened here is this. The northerners and those in the south... The lay people were so excited about the Passover. They went ahead, slaughtered the Passover lamb, got things all in order, and the excitement was all there, but the people who really should have been operating that, the priests and the Levites, were kind of holding back. And notice what happens. The zeal, the excitement from the lay people caused the priests and the Levites to get it together. Is that backwards? That is backwards. See, the pastors, the leaders, are to challenge the people to get it together. Here, the people have to get it together. Notice how God writes it. The priests and the Levites were ashamed. They were embarrassed. So they did what? They went and consecrated themselves, burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord so they could do things right. Amazing that it's backwards. Verse 16. Then they took up their regular positions as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood handed to them by the Levites. Since many in the crowd had not consecrated themselves. Let's stop there. The northerners who have come down here to Judah had been without basically God's word. Most people believe with their worshiping of idols, they had this great desire now to, to find out and to do what was right. But they come here, and these people, especially from the north, are ceremonially unclean. You had to go through some rituals and things before you could really celebrate the Passover. They're not doing it. Notice here what happens. Then they took up their regular positions, the priests sprinkled blood. Since many in the crowd had not consecrated themselves, the Levites had to kill the Passover lambs for all those who were not ceremonially clean and could not consecrate the lambs to the Lord." Although most of the people who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Ishakar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was, circle the word, written. There's two thoughts. One, the people were so excited that they just went ahead and ate it anyway. Or, they they knew they should have consecrated themselves and got clean and purified, but they didn't. They were just so excited they just went ahead and ate it anyway. Or, which I kind of tend to believe, they didn't know. They just went and celebrated the Passover. Why? Because notice, notice what the word, contrary to what was written, they'd been without it. I believe most of them didn't know that they were supposed to go through this cleansing ritual, so they just started off eating it. That's a picture, and I think it's really great for us to think about it for a moment. I want every one of you to be Hezekiah. You're the king. You know what to do. You just have seen these people do what? totally go against the commands of God now what are you as the king going to do don't read on (laughs) cut it out God will strike you he's compassionate sometimes now some of you in here would say well they went against the law they went against exactly what God said they need to be punished they need to understand that God's law is God's law. God's law is God's law. Some on the other hand would be a little more lenient. Well, how lenient could you be? You say, well, Pastor Mark, that has nothing to do with us today. Well, it does. And I think what you're going to see here in a moment, I want to stress very much for those of us that are leaders and for those of us that are parents. What did Hezekiah do? Look at verse 18. But Hezekiah, instead of striking them down, instead of punishing them, instead of getting angry with them, said, you dummies. (laughs) You sinners. He did what? He prayed for them. And what did he pray? May the Lord who is good... Notice the next word. Pardon. Listen to this. Hezekiah doesn't change the word of the Lord. He knows it's wrong. But he knows, he believes they've done it either in overzeal or ignorance. And he knows God is gracious. So pardon everyone, but there's a key. Look at verse 19. Who what? Sets his heart on seeking God, the Lord, the God of the fathers, even if he is not clean according to the rules of the sanctuary. A good leader, listen, will have God's heart for the people. Hezekiah, listen, knew the character of God. And he knew God would be gracious. If you're a leader tonight, number one, do you know God's character? What would you have done as a leader? God, he knew he had a heart filled with grace. A godly leader would pray as Hezekiah did for God to forgive them, And correct them. Effective leaders must be people of grace. Into this church, if we're still healthy and growing, will come many people that don't have a clue about the things of God. Now, can we put up with some things? We better be able to. See, these people didn't know they were supposed to do this, they just went ahead and did it. Hezekiah could have said, You're out of here. There have been many churches that would have said that. We can't be that church. We have to be open to those things. Now what happens? Over time, these people are going to be taught. We need to be those people. That calls for grace. That's the picture you just saw there. That's what Hezekiah was looking at. Their hearts was right. They didn't know the ritual, but the heart was right. God help us. There's a great danger, even as we get larger. To fall into legalism. God protect us from legalism. We want to have order. We want to have structure. But if we fall into legalism, it will kill the joy and the grace that's here. Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be broken. We need to go with the flow. You know, God constantly in our lives wants to do a new thing. The principles of this will never change, but the practice will. The practices do. I was sharing with the elders the other day when we started doing contemporary worship. There's a great fallout. 200 people leave the church. We were only four or five hundred at that time. People claim we were worshiping Satan. You can't have contemporary worship. Can't have a drum. Where's the organ? I don't have a problem with the organ piano either. But they didn't understand. We took a lot of hot heat for that during those days. What do you see on a lot of the church signs today? Contemporary service. Why? Because God's doing a new thing. We have to be careful. God may bring the organ back. (laughs) Hello? I don't know what he'll do. But we have to be flexible. We have to be open. That's why we have to be hearing from God. That's why we have to. Amen? Amen. All right. Verse 7. Isn't there so much rich stuff here? Man, it's incredible. Chapter 30, verse 20. And the Lord heard Hezekiah now just stop there how are we going to know whether what Hezekiah prayed was in God's will or not you're going to know it whether God answered it so the prayer that Hezekiah prayed if it was wrong God wouldn't have answered it is that correct all right what's it say and the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people so the prayer was right he had the right character of God Some of the legalists would have said, no way, wrong, wrong, kill them, get them, of them, can't do it. we never done it like this before. We'll never do it like that again. You can't do it. You can't go there. I've heard it all. You can't do it like that. Yes, we can do it like that because God's got a grace. Now, the principle, the principle, the precepts never change, just the practice. It's the practice. The prayer was effective. It was the will of God. Why? Remember this. God wants to pardon and forgive. That's why we have God. He wants it. He didn't send a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We don't have a condemning God tonight. Verse 21, The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem celebrated the Feast of the eleven Bread for seven days with great what? Why? <laughs> Grace of God. While the Levites and the priests sang to the Lord every day, accompanied by the Lord's instruments of praise. They were together, they were in unison. God forgive, God heard the prayer. There was grace flowing and there was joy flowing. That is not by accident. Where there's grace, there's joy. Verse 22, Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good understanding of the service of the Lord. For the seven days they ate their assigned portion and offered fellowship offerings and praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. The whole assembly then agreed to celebrate the festival. Seven more days. They were having a great time. We're extend this. Another extending of seven days. So for another seven days, they celebrated joyfully. I love it. Put yourself right there. This is the first time many of these people had ever worshipped God. It was so great, they said, don't stop. Let's just keep going. Another seven days. You could put balmer minutes by that sometimes. (laughs) No, what was really happening? There was joy in worship. Their hearts were right and the people were loving it. What's happening here? Exactly the same thing. I'm so proud of you. When you worship, you're worshiping. When people walk in, they notice it. There's joy in that place. May not know the songs, but there's joy in the place. When we leave here, many times you just hang out. You just hang out. And you're getting to know one another. And this is a place of joy. I believe that lingers during the week as we're doing that. And God's presence is on this place because He's here. Because we're honoring Him. And that's what's causing this to grow. I stopped at a restaurant, a new Chinese place today, and I went and talked to the owner and I found out I had my, one of my shirts on or whatever, and he asked me about it, so I found out he's a Christian. And he's going to come try us out. And he's up here in Wickham, in of place, a little place. Great place, great food. And, and I talked to him a while. And he says, well, I just moved from when We're down here. We don't have a church yet. So I gave him a card, and invited him or whatever. And I told him a little bit about the church. He says, well, you have all of Melbourne in that church or what? I said, not a chance. I should have said yet, but no, we don't. God does. There's joy here. There's grace here because God's word is being taught because you guys are obeying what God wants. Verse 24, Hezekiah, king of Judah to provide for all this, provided a 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep and goats for the assembly. And the officials provided them with a 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep and goats. A great number of priests consecrated themselves. That's another whole teaching, but I don't have time to get to it tonight. But when we're really worshiping God, when we're right with God, we're givers. We're givers in every way. See, when we're worshiping Him, we become like Him. God's a giver. We become a giver. And giving. Notice where it started here, from the leadership. By the way, you have giving leaders here. They give their time. They're concerned with you. I can tell you about the elders and the pastors for sure, and many of the others. They love you. They're serving you. They're giving their time. In verse 25, the assembly of Judah, what? Rejoiced, along with the priests and the Levites who had come from Israel. Think of who you have there, now, including the aliens. I like that. That means the Gentiles. What do you have? You have the Southerners, you have the Northerners, you have the priests, you have the Levites, you have the kings, you have the lay people, you have the Gentile converts, and they're all together in unison. Only God can do that. And they're worshiping together. Verse 26, And there was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had not been nothing like this in Jerusalem. That's the way it should be. In other words, there was joy in the whole city. You know, that, that's the day I'm looking forward to. When whatever God's doing in a number of the churches in this town, it just spreads everywhere. And people just passing by, just come on in. Kneel down and accept the Lord. Nobody around. You believe that can happen? Absolutely. Because of the joy of the Lord. But see, we have to take that joy from here out. And not be ashamed People make fun and whatever. It's all right. Their time's coming. Get the picture. Great grace fosters joy and life. Legalism kills it. Verse 27. The priests and the Levites stood to bless the people. And God heard them. For their prayer
0: reached heaven. His dwelling place. As we heard in today's teaching, Hezekiah led the people back to the feasts of the Lord, which they'd been commanded to keep. Although it was new to many of them and they didn't know everything to do, the people were sincere and came with right hearts. Because of that, the time was blessed and joyful. As Pastor Mark said, God is interested in our hearts. When we're obedient to Him, we experience joy. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at lessonsforlivingradio.com. That's info at lessonsforlivingradio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at lessonsforlivingradio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues through Second Chronicles. Looking at the reign of Hezekiah, and how the land of Judah will continue to change now that they're serving God faithfully. There is a marked difference between the state of the nation under the kings who went their own way. We'll see how that holds true in our own lives when we forsake our own flesh in order to serve the Father. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.